Coach, this is season four of this podcast, and I'm so excited to be hosting an awesome giveaway for you. You can win a $50 Amazon gift card and your choice of a Yeti tumbler or a Yeti mug. And all you have to do is screenshot this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Buzzing with Miss B and you'll be entered to win. I'll choose a winner by the week of February 20th. So make sure you've shared your episode by then. This is going to help so many people find this podcast and help me continue to do the work that I'm doing today. So I really appreciate your participation and good luck. I'm going to make an assumption and you tell me if I'm wrong. You feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. I know it's true. There are always too many things to do and too little time. If you're like me, your boss will walk down the hallway and shout, go home, Beltran. That's why I'm telling everyone about the 40-hour work week with Angela Watson. Angela was a guest on this very podcast back in season one, and she shared her ideas for managing your time, teaching, and stuff to help you make the most of your time at work while making time for home too. But that was just the beginning. In her membership, The 40-Hour Workweek, Angela helps you focus on what matters to have a purposeful and productive workday and then go home. Angela helps teachers find on average 11 hours a week that they can take back for themselves while still being a great teacher. The best part is that Angela has a new membership, especially for coaches. She partnered with my friend and coffee buddy, Nicole Turner of Simply Coaching to create the 40 hour work week for coaches. Check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com slash 40 hour week and get your time back. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast, and I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coach. So for the next three months, this podcast is going to be all about the human side of coaching. We're talking about how we interact with others, how we think and talk to ourselves, and how we communicate. A big component of this is mindset, specifically a growth mind growth, don't have a gross mindset. <laughs> growth mindset is a huge buzzword, and it has been for quite a while. We work towards getting our kids to approach their lives with a growth mindset, and we try to help parents do the same. But how does this apply to school leaders like coaches? I actually have a guest today who's going to help me chat about this idea. But before we dig in, I want to share a free webinar with you, Dare to Coach. You can grab it at buzzingwithmissb.com slash dare with a capital D. This webinar is going to walk you through strategies like explicit how-tos that will help you get into classrooms where the door has been closed to you before and where you feel like you are not sure if you should be there. Like you are uncomfortable. You are nervous asking teachers to do things. You feel like you're asking teachers to add something to their plates. This webinar is going to teach you how to change that mindset and also to change the fact that you're not going to add something to their plates. You're just going to help them do things they already need to do better. So I want you to grab that webinar. It's free and it's going to support you in doing so much important coaching work. That's buzzingwithmissb.com slash dare. So let's welcome Becca Silver to the podcast. Hello. Hey, Becca, you were a guest on this podcast back in season three on episode 115 when we talked about transformational coaching. And I just had such a good time during our conversation that I wanted to come back to you and look at growth mindset and how we can use this idea to grow as coaches. 
So I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm excited to be here too. And I just want to let you know, I'm a mindset nut. I love talking about mindsets. I could do it all day. And so I'm excited for your listeners to hear about this too. All right, listeners, we have a six hour episode planned for you today. So (laughs) buckle up, buttercup. No, not really. We're not going to do six hours. We're going to still keep it short, but I know that Becca is a font of information on this topic. So um, if you want more at the end of this episode, make sure that you seek her out. And uh, and I'm sure that you'll get um, all the information that you want about growth mindset. And more. <laughs> and more. And then some. Um, so Becca, you have introduced yourself on this podcast before, but if you kind of reintroduce yourself a little bit, um, talk about who you are, how you ended up doing the work that you're doing and what kind of work you're focusing on, I would love that. Yes. Well, uh, my name is Becca Silver again. Um, I am the CEO and founder of The Whole Educator. And what we do is we focus on um, helping instructional coaches impact teachers' mindsets and motivations um, to really create impact. And so one thing that we've been focusing on lately is resistance to change. And just a little bit about my history. I was a teacher for 10 years, and then I became an instructional coach. And at the same time, I was becoming a life coach, and I started to see some crossover skills. And that really increased my effectiveness. And so I started to create a curriculum that impacted instructional coaches, knowing what I knew about mindsets and motivations. So here we are today. That's perfect. You're a perfect fit for our topic because growth mindset has been this huge push, you know, that, that we hear it everywhere. We hear it, um, in terms of kids and parents and, but sometimes we don't have a solid definition of what growth mindset actually is. So can you define Mm -hmm. what growth mindset and what fixed mindset are? Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to do is say what my growth mindset is not. Okay. Uh, because more often than not, when I'm speaking to people about growth mindset, they actually have learned it incorrectly. Mm. And I think sometimes we are so interested in growth mindset. Um, we almost, we think it's simpler than it is. So growth mindset is not just working hard. It's not positive self-talk. Um, you know, it's not, um, Oh, those are the two major ones that I, that I think of. It's not fancy bulletin boards. So often in schools, I was just in a school today that had a beautiful growth mindset board that had the fancy little font. They probably purchased, purchased it on TPT and put up the like, you know, it was like an acronym for mindset, M-I-N-D-S-E-T, all spelled little, little like ways you should think. And it's not, it's not pretty posters. Um, It's an actual way of thinking. And one thing I want to also frame this conversation around is everyone operates under growth mindsets, fixed mindsets, and mixed mindsets. It is not black and white. And so when I'm talking about it, I'm going to say we operate under those mindsets. And those of you listening, I want to really challenge you not to ask yourself if you operate under a fixed mindset, but when do I operate under a fixed mindset? So having that framing, I'll go into what they actually are. (laughs) So basically a growth mindset is when people believe that their abilities are developed through effort, through trying different strategies, through dedication, right? I like just kept trying and I didn't give up. Um, and so, and it's, it's the basic 
idea that we can grow our skills and abilities. We're not stuck and mm-hmm. fixed in one way. Yes, I love, and that's something that I talk about with my daughter a lot. I'm trying to praise this because I know that as a child, lots of things were easy for me in school. Mm-hmm. And when things get harder, you're like, oh, I'm bad at this. And mm-hmm. that is an issue, you know, whenever we're like, oh, we're told, oh, you're so smart. You're such a good reader. You're such a whatever. But then you get to multiplication and your brain doesn't work that way. And you're like, oh, now what? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I'm just, just an example. Yeah. <laughs> Memorizing yeah. multiplication facts was like my, you know, um, like the end of my existence as a straight A student <laughs> in school. Yeah. Yeah. And that was where I hit, hit like a wall. And it was because I didn't, that didn't work for me. I had to do it different ways. Um, memorizing never worked for me when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but so I work on that with my daughter. You know, we talk about, um, yeah, it was hard, but we tried again. You asked for help and now you can do it. Look, you, mm-hmm. you, 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 your teacher said you needed to work on your coloring because you didn't enjoy coloring. So you're just scribbling on things and you mm-hmm. practice and now look at what you can do. And so we, we talk about that a lot. And I feel like what we see a lot of, like you talk about this misunderstanding is like, and I know I, I remember doing an activity with parents where they were sorting what is like a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset mm-hmm. in a parent um, community thing that I did as a coach mm-hmm. at a campus. And I remember they were saying, they one of the little cards said, saying, you're so smart. Mm-hmm. And they were putting that under growth mindset because they were mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a good thing. It's a compliment. Mm-hmm. It's a praise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had to talk about how, well, that's not that doesn't really represent growth mindset because the, you're saying that you can do these things because you're smart. It's like a characteristic that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can yep. you talk a little about that? Like what is, mm-hmm. you know, about the praise, mm-hmm. what it looks like in growth mindset. Can you praise effectively? Mm-hmm. What does that look mm-hmm. like? Absolutely. And a very, I'm going to be a little oversimplified right now and that'll give okay. you some nuance, but basically when we are praising someone else, we want to praise the verb and not the noun. We want to praise what someone is doing and not the person themselves. Mm-hmm. So anytime we say you are brilliant, you are blank, or he is blank, we're actually speaking about them or to them in a fixed way. Okay. That's mm-hmm. very oversimplified, but I just a big broad stroke there. Um, I like, this is a funny story. One of the, my, my brother um, and sister-in-law raised their children with the growth mindset and they would, as the little babies were, um, were potty training, they would say, that's great pooping. <laughs> You're, you're, you're complimenting the verb. You know what? You, know. you find yourself saying some weird stuff when you have small children. I'll tell you that. I have said things that, I mean, I guess even as a teacher, you say some weird things, but it's, it's a whole other level. When mm-hmm. you're praising the pooping that, I mean, mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do to yes. make pooping happen in the potty. Yes. I mean, I have sung exactly. songs about poop. I have yeah. done little poop dances. You do. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Instead of you are so good at pooping. <laughs> you're such a great pooper. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you're a fantastic pooper. No, no, no that was no. great pooping. You just did some yes. amazing pooping just now. Yes. And it's because you kept trying. You didn't give up. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I'm wondering how many times we could bring up poop now. This is oh my gosh. <laughs> strange story. My sister-in-law, I have three brothers and my sister-in-law, whenever she came into our family, you know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe longer, she was like, why does every conversation in this family end up being about poop? I don't understand how a family can talk about poop so much. <laughs> and we were like grown adults. I don't know how it happened, but it, you know, it's just one of those things. You can make it work anywhere. You can, you can. <laughs> I love it. Now I want to, you know, thinking about 
praise, right? And and shifting mindset. Mm-hmm. One thing I also want to kind of frame around growth and fixed mindsets is what actual mindset is. A okay. mindset is an established set of attitudes held by someone. And I want to really emphasize the word established. This is this is a very patterned way that we think often subconsciously. Mm-hmm. We are changing the way we and others think. This isn't like I'm teaching you how to add two plus two. This is a patterned way of thinking, right? Mindsets are different than skills. Mm-hmm. And so these really, this, this is a messy process for ourselves and other people. This isn't like a quick fix to help people just be more successful. It could be messy and it could be tough. Yes. I'm so glad that you talked about that in, in this episode that I did recently on imposter syndrome and instructional coaching, which was episode 132 or 131. It was the first one in this season. I talked a little bit about how hard it is to change your self-talk because we've had these patterns established since we were children often. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they often, they came from these negative voices mm-hmm. that we yeah. heard outside of ourselves. And we internalize that as our own self-talk. And now here we are talking to ourselves in a really horrible way <laughs> every day, all of mm-hmm. us do it. It's just, I mean, mm-hmm. most of us, um, unless you grew up in like this amazing partridge family or something, but you know, most of the time people have internalized these negative voices and, mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to change when we're trying to change mindset is, mm-hmm. is the way that you see the world, the way that you interact, what you believe is true. That's, mm-hmm. that's rough. <laughs> that's it is, yeah. it is. And you know, something that, um, with imposter syndrome and definitely mindsets, um, something that gets in the way of operating under growth mindset is perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And perfectionism often is a cover up for imposter syndrome. And perfectionism is all and all is also a symptom of operating under a fixed mindset. Interesting. It's a shield. We are we are shielding mm-hmm. ourselves from the pain of judgment, embarrassment, and shame. And failure. Yeah, we can't fail. And failure. Yeah. yeah. This is not a healthy striving. Mm-hmm. Healthy striving is like really coming from a healthy place, not covering up that someone's going to catch me, you know, screwing up. It's this is like I'm coming from a healthy place and I'm working hard. Us like the administrators and instructional coaches, you do not want perfectionist, perfectionistic teachers. It gets in the way of growth mindset. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because once ever, whenever something doesn't go wrong, go right, it's mm-hmm. like this big, horrible thing. They can't just mm-hmm. go, oh, it's a learning opportunity and move on. Mm-hmm. And and then they're likely to avoid, like I know as a child, I would avoid things that I was not good at. If I was not already good at it, I was not going to try it. Mm-hmm. And what is that? Um, there's that cute little video or quote that they say now that that's going around now or has been for months that I really liked. It said something about trying something new or something about try, when like starting doing something badly is the first step to being really good at something. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like those. And I think those like little phrases that we Mm -hmm. hear, we're like, you know, part that. Right. I think that's cute. (laughs) Get that on a mug. I think the thing that's not said is it, what it feels and looks like, like the process to really embrace our mistakes and failures can be hard. And Mm -hmm. I consider myself a a recovering perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Like I, I am on my journey (laughs) to practicing not being a perfectionist and it's a journey. And, and it's, you know, that, that process of really embracing mistakes as learning opportunities is not just a quick, like, well, I got the mug. It must be good now. It's like, <laughs> no, this is a, a constant process of like forgiving myself, 
you know, and, and listening to the thoughts of my, myself say, sorry, it's been a long day. Let's try that again. <laughs> listening to the thoughts in my head about what I'm saying to myself, right? You did a terrible job. They're going to see that you're doing a terrible job, right? All of those things go through my head. And it's not that I'm absent of those thoughts. I can hear them, stop them and say, let me say something different to myself. Like, oh, you're on the journey of growing and you just learned something really valuable today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, it makes me so happy because you're just like, you're corroborating what I said in this episode about imposter syndrome, about changing your self-talk. You're going to always have those automatic negative thoughts, but you can interrupt mm -hmm. them and change them after the fact, but you can't, they're not going to go away from the start because you've had mm -hmm. them for probably decades. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have, ideally we want growth mindset at all levels of a campus. We want to see it in our students and our parents and our mm -hmm. teachers in support staff and admin, but that isn't always the case. So in, in your experience working with schools, where do we see the breakdown happen most often? It always starts with the adults. People, it always starts with the adults. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I cannot point to one thing. Mm -hmm. um, I would say generally the adults. And what I'll, what I'll do is kind of share at each level what fixed mindsets could look like. Okay. Administrators, I've worked with administrators that operate under fixed mindsets for their teachers, right? And so what it could sound like is the administrator say, you know, that teacher is just waiting for retirement, fixed mindset. And that same administrator might be operating under a growth mindset for their students, but all students can learn. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, you are skipping over a really important population of people that we're supporting here. Mm -hmm. um, I see instructional coaches, also can operate under a fixed mindset with their teachers as well. Teachers that they have experienced resistance to change, especially if they've run out of their tools and they're like, I tried everything that I know to do. The result could mean a fixed mindset. Um, teachers can operate under a fixed mindset with their administrators. <laughs> they, you know, they're just that way. They'll never let me blah, 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 right? As well as operate under a fixed mindset for their students. Um, and then parents um, can operate under a fixed mindset or a growth mindset, right? But my kid is, my kid is well-behaved. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> right? And so, you know, and we could have it in that kind of you know, they are good or they are bad. I'm making very general statements. Both are fixed mindsets, right? Saying like, look, you are so smart. So, you know, we can see a lot of times when I'm in classrooms, I, I, I hear that fixed mindset language giving positive feedback, mm -hmm. telling kids you are good at that. You are blank. And that sends a message, right? That, that kid embodies that. And so you start to see meltdowns in classrooms. And I know teachers across the country are experiencing kids with less resilience, right? The pandemic really impacted kids' willingness to have grit, to like keep working mm -hmm. at something. And, you know, it, it, the, 
the response a lot of times is no, but you can do it. Don't worry. It's easy. You, you know, and it's kind of being a cheerleader, which is not growing a growth mindset at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Hearing that language, it's permeated our culture, I think, that praise, positive praise. But then what we're saying, we're saying the opposite is also true. So if we're saying, you know, oh, you're so good at this because they did well at something, then whenever they don't do well at something, we're saying, oh, you're bad at that. Even if we don't Mm -hmm. say it, that's the message that they're internalizing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And there's one more thing I want to share about admin, that how a fixed mindset could look with admin. Mm -hmm. I've worked with some school leaders that can be perfectionistic and have, (laughs) they never say it straight out, but have um, an underlying unsaid message that when they walk into classrooms, that they want the classrooms to be perfect. Now they don't say that. They'll never say that, but that there's just the teachers know don't screw up around this administrator or else you'll get your head bit off or you'll get a negative review and you can never come back from that. That is supporting a fixed mindset culture. So that's why I say from the top down, you cannot expect, you cannot expect teachers to operate under a fixed mindset. Sorry. You cannot expect teachers to operate under a growth mindset if they don't have psychological safety. And I'm entering a whole new concept here, but psychological safety starts from the top and the the school leaders must operate under a growth mindset and communicate that to their teachers that they see their teachers and support their teachers and operating under a growth mindset. That means supporting mistakes, helping teachers reflect on their mistakes, um, expecting messiness in the process, Mm -hmm. supporting the process as as a process. So I love that idea. It's really, we're changing the way that we see things from the top down in order to make change happen from the top down. And of course, top down change is super hard and it takes forever, but, but, yeah, but it like, it takes time, you know, yeah. it's, 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 um, it's a lot different than a teacher organically saying, Oh, I'm going to change the way that I do things, you know? Mm-hmm. So whenever we're trying to make that happen from the top, sometimes the change is a lot slower than, than what we feel like we, we want to see. Uh, but, but yeah, that's the only way to make it happen is by changing the school culture, by changing mm-hmm. the leadership, the way the leadership actually acts in, um, in the way that they interact with teachers. Is there anything else that coaches can do to build growth mindset in their teachers? Because that's like a huge factor of it. What you just said is like yes. environment and culture. Yeah. So I, I just want to reiterate uh, the teachers need to feel a sense of psychological safety. Number one with their, with their coaches. Psychological safety is akin to trust. Trust is under the psych safety umbrella. It is not completely it. And I highly recommend, like, look it up. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. Um, And Amy Edmondson is the main researcher that really coined that term. So one, your teachers have to trust you to build a growth mindset. Remember, we are talking, this is not your ticket to success with teachers. Growth mindset can look very messy, All right. So that's one thing I also want to say. I think sometimes we get really caught up and excited about growth mindset because we think this is the way I can make my teachers do what I tell them to do now. If they just had a growth mindset, it's like, "Mm, that's, that's actually not, um, at all. (laughs) So, you know, many times people operating under growth mindset can go rogue. 
<laughs> do their own thing, right? It's, they're right. not going to do what I ask them to do. Um, so one, your teachers have to trust you, period. And, and you have to have a relationship with them, period. No one's going to change the way they think if you don't have those two things. And then there's different elements of growth mindset. Um, when I run my big growth mindset workshop, you can learn about all of them, but a few of them are one thing, um, that I really want everyone to know is the main goal of each mindset. Someone operating under a fixed mindset, their main goal is to look smart and look good. Hmm. They're protecting an image. Why are they protecting that image? Because they're, um, mindset around their own skills is that they are fixed. I am good at math. And so if something happens, a, an administrator comes in and gives them negative feedback on their math lesson, right? Or may, maybe their, their, their fixed mindset is, um, I am a good math teacher, All right? So they get negative. They're going to be defensive. Why? Because they need to protect that image that I, that they are good at it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's usually unexpected. Like, wait, I thought, you know, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense because I've seen that in teachers and I've identified it. Not, I didn't, I didn't connect it to fixed mindset. I've identified, Oh, they have to see themselves in this way and they can't accept anything that would, that would clash with that idea because they know what they're doing. They're an experienced teacher. I've been teaching here for 20 years. I know how these students work best. I know how to teach writing. All those things people say that are very flat, you know, like absolutes. And mm -hmm. I never connected it to a fixed mindset in their identity. I didn't think about it that way, but that's an interesting point. Mm -hmm. It is totally. And I love that you said identity, right? We are asking people to shift not only the way they think, but a lot of times when you shift beliefs, right? It's attached to your identity. Mm -hmm. These are big shifts we're asking people to do. Again, we're not learning a skill. This is not a skill. Mm -hmm. This is a way of thinking in our identity. Um, so the goal, uh, the main goal of someone operating under a growth mindset is to learn and grow. That's the main goal, right? So there's, a, they, they, an administrator comes in, gives them critical feedback. They're not defensive. They're accepting of the feedback. Why? Because they're like, oh, thanks. That, that helps me grow. It's a different way of thinking about it. They don't have to protect their image. They, they neither think I am a good math teacher, nor do they think I'm a bad math teacher, right? And that's just another misconception I think people have around growth mindset. They somehow think it's like positive thinking. Right. It is absolutely not positive thinking. As a matter of fact, and I there's a whole grouping of positive thinking called toxic positivity. Like mm -hmm. many times when I hear someone quote unquote, be positive, many times it's fixed mindset speak. So, um, I want to, yeah, I wanted to really highlight those main goals, um, and, and why people like why different teachers respond differently to feedback. Another piece is the success of others. And I think this is so interesting. People operating under a fixed mindset view the success of others as threatening. They're threatened by it. They're like, and, and so you'll see behaviors on grade level teams many times of teachers maybe gossiping about each other or making diminishing comments about each other, um, kind of taking each other down uh, in a sense. And why would that happen? A lot of times it's, that fixed mindset, I need to protect my image of being a good teacher, being smart. 
and they interpret someone else's success as challenging that in themselves. It's a very comparative way of looking at it versus growth mindset. Someone operating in a growth mindset, the success of others, they're like, that's awesome. I want to go into their classroom. I want to learn from them, right? There's nothing to protect. They're excited about someone that's better at something than them. Another reason that is so important <laughs> to support yeah. this kind of thinking on your campus, because you can't, nobody's getting to be better in a bubble. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, we have to learn from each other. We want collegiality and, and, you know, camaraderie and teachers learning from each other and collaborating and PLCs and visiting each other's classrooms. We want all of those things. Exactly. And so giving and receiving feedback graciously is a way to grow growth mindset culture. And um, one, one thing that I am doing and I'm partnering with another firm is we are leading a peer coaching academy in Oklahoma. And um, what's really cool about it is we are training regular teachers to coach each other. And what, what we're seeing is this growth mindset culture. It's, it's people volunteering to learn how to help make each other better. And so there's a lot of growth mindset elements that get impacted by this one little behavior, opening our doors, deprivatizing our classrooms Mm -hmm. and giving and receiving feedback. That's so important. That's something that I've actually shared with coaches before, whenever they say, oh, my teachers don't want to try this. They're scared. They don't want to do this. I always say, well, you have to be the little penguin on the edge of the cliff that all the other little penguins push in to see if there's a shark. (laughs) They have to go first. (laughs) That is such a great image. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that. Except, you know, the, the they push them off and they, they learn to swim eventually, right? right? Hopefully. It, yeah. Provided there's no shark, they're hopefully just fine. They're natural born swimmers, right? So hopefully, and that's what you're showing. There's no shark. No one's mm-hmm. coming to get you. Everything right. is okay. It's good to learn and try new things, even if it feels uncomfortable and scary. And exactly. that's what we may have to model first. We might have to be yes. the one to say, I'll do video te- coaching first. I will record myself mm-hmm. teaching this lesson. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I'm going to see all the crummy things that I do that I didn't even want to know. And mm-hmm. we can watch it together. <laughs> I'm going to make yes. myself vulnerable yes. in order to encourage you to do the same. You, you might have to be the one to make the leap because it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for years, teachers did close their doors. Yes. They did do their own thing. Mm-hmm. They pulled mm-hmm. out their units from 1985, <laughs> whenever I was in kindergarten, and they were like, "Here, this is what I'm going to do." It happened yeah. for a long time, mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden, people publish a PLC book, <laughs> and mm-hmm. everything went wild. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's the only factor, but you know, people realize the value in learning from each other and opening those doors. And there are still teachers who have been trained that it's best to keep your door closed. Yep. Um, yeah, so exactly. It's, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, it's sincerely scary. It's yes. like thing. It is a sincere threat. They feel yes. a threat. They're not yes. making it up. Yes. And I, you know, I just want to all, you said some beautiful words that I want to say, this is part of operating under a growth mindset and growing a growth mindset, which is like, it can be scary. It can be vulnerable. It can be risky. Like the, Growth mindset is not a positive, happy place sometimes. Many times it's not. And so I just want to, you know, I so often see these bulletin boards, there's like rainbows on them. <laughs> I'm like, where's the, poop? 
Where's a poop emoji? Like what? Poop. <laughs> the one on the board. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, and I just really want to emphasize it's just not this simple strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, I also want to share the way I teach instructional coaches and school leaders uh, to grow growth mindsets in their teachers. There's three elements. There is the brain science that teachers need to know. They need to actually understand malleable intelligence, that when we have productive struggle, when we try different things that are hard, when we make mistakes and reflect and learn from it, our little neurons make better connections, right? This is actually the way our brain works. (laughs) It's not like they like collapse and die because we made a mistake. That's not how it works. So the brain science, number one. The second thing is the psychology. And so that's like, that's where we get the power yet. And that's the, that's, that's where we get the language, right? And we've done a lot of talking about language, internal language, what we say to ourselves and what we say to other people. Um, I really want to caution people that just saying yet at the end of sentences does not grow a growth mindset. That's a nice start and awareness, but it is not the thing that actually has people totally shift the way they think. And then the last element is experiencing it. People have to experience the success on the other side of it, right? So if you have a teacher that has their heels pretty dug in around operating under fixed mindset, you probably want to go side by side with them to bring them through the process of experiencing the success on the other side, which might take multiple times. There might be tears involved. I had a teacher crying last week (laughs) when I was coaching them. Tears are not a bad thing, right? Many times it's people processing, mm-hmm. all right? So we want to be careful also when people are processing what's happening and they're shifting what they're thinking that we're not glazing over it with a, it'll be okay, it's okay, you know, but you are good, right? We tend to do pretty fixed, say pretty fixed mindset things to people to make them feel better. It's uncomfortable to watch someone cry, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, sometimes that's the thing we need to do to process through and grow. Hmm. I love that. So, I mean, that and that is a challenge as, to coaches. I want to ask about how coaches can shift their own mindsets from fixed to growth mindsets, and how this shift would be reflected in the way that they interact with their teachers. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. This is a great question. Now, I'm going to give a, a, as much of an answer as I can, and I'm just going to emphasize: mindsets can be hard to shift in ourselves because. Sometimes we don't see them. And so sometimes coaches need a coach. And and if you are going to kind of start your own self-coaching, one mindset I like to have people distinguish their own thoughts through is asking yourself, am I having a judging mindset or a learner's mindset? All right. And that can help us start to decide, hmm, how am I looking at situation? Is it a judging mindset or a learner's mindset? Mm-hmm. Now, judging doesn't necessarily mean it's bad judgment. It could mean it's still, it could be like a positive judgment, more like an interpretation or a perception, all right? A learner's mindset gives us an opportunity to come from curiosity. And I think curiosity is one of those, I don't think we talk about it enough. <laughs> curiosity Coming from curiosity, it, sorry, I'm just like, I'm just like thinking about it helps team cohesion. It helps us understand people that are different from us. Um, 
it just helps so many things. And so when we come from curiosity, we can, we want to learn, right? Growth mindset coming from growth and growth and learning. We want to learn why this is happening mm-hmm. and not make a judgment about why this is happening. Right. And that's, and that goes into also us assuming why people do things, right? We can't see people's intentions. We can see their behaviors. We can only guess their intentions. And so coming from that learner's mindset in terms of asking questions, you know, finding out why, what, what is that person's motivation and mindset behind doing something? I think that's a great place to start in terms of growing their own growth mindset. That's so important. The um, curiosity, like you said, is so essential because if we're having coming from this learner's mindset, then we want to understand why we want to understand where they're coming from. And we Uh don't assume that we already know with Uh a judgmental mindset. We assume Uh that we already know Uh and we peg people into like a box and we say, oh, this teacher is this and this teacher is that. And then we cannot help them at all because Uh we've we've decided already what they are and they can feel it. Uh They often can feel that we've decided that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I gave a session for, I think it was a summit last year. I, I've given so many of them, but I, I think mm-hmm. it was the Simply Coaching Summit about b- getting curious and using questions mm-hmm. to forward your dialogue with teachers instead of shutting it down with statements or with answers or with solutions, mm-hmm. because we do, we tend to get stuck in that. Let me, let me fix this. I'll fix mm-hmm. it really quick. And you can't fix it. You know, there's no mm-hmm. fixing. You have to, you know, dig in with a teacher. Yeah. And I want to say this. We can come from curiosity by asking questions. Like curiosity can be a thing that we do, mm-hmm. but also curiosity needs to be a way of being. It needs to be, it needs to be authentic. We need to authentically be curious. This isn't like using curiosity as a strategy. Like right. you need to dig deep in your soul <laughs> and find humanity. Like I, something I say, like sometimes I work with teachers and it's tough working with them. And I come up against my own resistance and I have to like really dig deep and be like, okay, Becca, they're a human being just like you. They have one, one thing that I say to myself to really level the field is they have some version of I'm not a good enough, just like you. We Mm -hmm. all have a version of I'm not good enough. We all do. And so it helps bring the humanity out in that other person. So I can be like, okay, let me come from curiosity. Let me come from compassion authentically and ask my questions that way. Mm-hmm. That's a really important. I love that. So what if a coach hears their administration consistently approaching their work with, with teachers and students with a fixed mindset? What can the coach do? Oh, um, that's a great question. I mean, it's There's a lot of, yeah, it is. And it's, it's a little like, I think in different situations, I do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it's whole school, you know, I, I think, or if it's, you know, starting to see whole grade level, I think I do a little PD around what growth and fixed mindset is and isn't and how to shift it. Like what growth, you know, using examples of growth and fixed mindset language. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a place to start. Um, I also would help the teacher start to embrace mistakes um, and struggle and normalize that in their classroom. So there's not, it's not just what we say, it's what's in the culture, right? So if, if you have to get the right answer in this teacher's classroom, it doesn't matter if they're like, you haven't gotten it yet, Johnny. Um, 
if it's not okay to fail, then, you know, if the, if there's kind of a, a major focus on getting it right, then you'd still, they still, you still won't be successful in growing that growth mindset in the students. So I would say really working with the teacher on not only their growth mindset language, but also their classroom culture, normalizing structure and making mistakes. Sorry, not structure, struggle. Oh my gosh. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. We all make mistakes. We all <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> so what can you do if your administrator is using this language? If you're hearing that from your, from the top. Say that again. Say the question again. What if your administrator is approaching their work with a fixed mindset and you as the coach hear it? So you oh, meet yeah. the administrator every week or so and they're like, oh, this grade level, they just this and that. And, you know, they're passing labels on people. What is it that you can do as a coach? Like what thoughts do you have on that? Because that's that's a that's a tough spot to be in. It is. And I've been in that spot many times. <laughs> um, I would talk about the teacher or the grade level's growth. I would talk about where they are and how they're growing. That's where I'd keep the conversation. So the administrator will say, oh, they're just, you know, I don't know what an administrator would say. Um, they're just focused on focusing on having control over their classroom and not the kids learning or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. And I'd say, oh, well, I, I've seen them grow in X, Y, Z. The thing I'm working on with them next is Q, <laughs> is, right. is the next thing. You know, yes. and so it's just, it's focusing on growth. And that's, you know, I think that's for everyone. We look at where we are and how we're growing is absolutely normalizing that growth mindset as well. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, that's, I really like that idea. And we can do that with teachers as well. It's, and I remember I had a teacher who used to come in after she got her assessment data back. She'd always, she always called me Miss Chrissy. She still does. She called me two months ago to ask for help with something. And she called me Miss Chrissy. And <laughs> she says, Miss Chrissy, I just got my data. And oh my gosh, like she was just freaking out, which I understand we've all felt that way. Mm -hmm. And I said, we're not, that's not what we're here to do. This is not the end. I used to tell her all the time, we're, we're going to make a plan. Let's see what, what can we do? Where can we go? What, how, how far did they come since last time? Where are they going to go next? What are you going to do to support it? This is about, this is just one little piece of information in a whole year's worth of information you're going to have about these kids. And we're going to use it to figure out what to do next. Uh -huh. And it, it's true. If we can get our administrators to see it that way as well what they're doing right now is one part of everything they're going to do and what can we do with them next? And where did they come from? You know, what's yes. working with them. I love that idea, that approach. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's tough because you don't want to correct your boss. You don't yeah. want to be like, mm, that's a fixed mindset, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Right. But you have that thought. And I think another thing is don't walk into the trap. It's easy. It's very easy. It's very easy <laughs> to, to because sometimes to, you're like, I know, <laughs> deep down inside, like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying, you know, yeah. and I'm trying not to think that way, but it's so hard. Yeah. 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 And so my response when someone's operating under that, that fixed mindset that I agree with, by the way, right. <laughs> so I know I don't, I've had that, that moment so many times I will say the words, I got it. I got it. Okay. And where I've seen them grow is X and what I'm working on is Y. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting way. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I know. I hear you. Mm -hmm. I hear you. This is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. All right. So, okay. This is a fun little thing that I have added. Also, all this information has been absolutely superb, but um, this is, I this season I am asking everybody and I am also sharing on my solo episodes about favorite things. So I want to know 
Um, what is your favorite thing right now? And it can be like any sort of thing. It can be digital media. It can be, you know, TV show. It can be a book. It can be a product. It can be a place. What is, what is your favorite thing? Okay. This is a recent TV show I binge watched and there was six seasons of it. So I was like, yes, thank you. Um, it's called manifest and it's about a, a, a plane full of people that takes off and lands five and a half years later. And it's like wild. And what I love about it, if you were in my community at all, you were, you were hearing about the show and I was asking everyone, did you watch Did you watch? I wanted to talk about it. What I loved about it is that one of the overarching messages is that we are all connected. Okay. It was just, I loved it. And it's the people in the show start to like get these kind of messages that connect them to each other. Um, so it's like kind of a little bit of a sci-fi element to it, but mm-hmm. it really is about humanity at the end of the day. And I just loved it. Like all the different unique ways, the different characters in the story are connected to each other mm-hmm. and, and helped each other. It's all about kind of like being connected and figuring out ways they could help each other in different situations. I so, you know, I just loved it. I love that. I wasn't going to share a favorite thing, but you reminded me that I recently binge watched um, massive amounts of TV as well. And <laughs> so I, I think I will. I, I was a huge fan of Breaking Bad um, back whenever it you know, was coming out. And so I recently, I, I watched some of Better Call Saul, but I, there was the last season came out just a while ago. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to watch all of Better Call Saul. So I, I went back to the beginning of Better Call Saul. And then as I was watching, I was like, I know I'm missing details here that were in Breaking Bad that are like cross-referenced. So even though Better Call Saul is like um, a prequel to Breaking Bad, I still was like, I I need to go back and watch the one that was originally made. So then I watched all of Breaking Bad, which is like, what, five or six seasons? And then I watched all of Better Call Saul and I finished it just a little while ago and I thought it was excellent. So (laughs) so you are not the only one who just binge watched multiple seasons of a show. Oh my gosh, so great. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, so many Saul references lately. I'm like, oh, it's like I'm still Saul whenever <laughs> my family's like, that's enough. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> yeah, you get connected to these characters, and like, <laughs> I worry about them. I'm like, I hope they're okay. You know, <laughs> that's good writing. That's good writing. Yes, right it is. It is. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for all of this. This has been fantastic. How can people find you online or in the real world, wherever you are located? Well, uh, my the website to my company, The Whole Educator, is www.thewholeeducator.com. You can find me on Instagram at The Whole Educator or on Twitter at Becca Silver underscore edu. Mm-hmm. I also have my own podcast that's fairly new, um, and I was very much inspired by you, Chrissy. And it's called coaching the whole educator. So you can find me on major platforms across the land. Um, We really focus on shifting mindsets and motivations within yourself. So if you're really interested in that topic, like that's a great place to go. Um, Is there any other place? Uh, You you had, um, you were saying something about growth mindset emails that you had. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I also, um, I'll share with Chrissy a link to an email series. It's a free email series. You can sign up for it and you'll get 
um, about four different emails spread out and they will have a little video about different elements of growth mindset, as well as a workbook for you. If you are interested in learning more about growth mindset as well. I love that. I'm sure there are people who are going to take you up on it because, um, because this has been really good information. I love how specific it was. So thank you so much for being yeah. here today. Yeah, you're welcome. Coach, I always love talking with Becca. So I'm so glad that we had her back on the podcast this season. If you are still wanting to learn more, make sure you check out those amazing resources that Becca mentioned. I know you're going to get some great information from it. Don't forget, you can go to my uh, free webinar at buzzingwithmissb.com slash dare with a capital D, and it will help you develop those tools to get into the classrooms. In next week's episode, I am actually taking a different direction, and I am talking with AJ Crabill about changing adult mindsets. It's a tall order to change these adult mindsets, but we're going to figure out why it's so hard and what are some things that we can do about it. That's going to be in episode 133 next week. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.